Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and B93B97 at 7 a.m. or listen anytime online at kwxx.com. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha. Welcome to Island Conversations, brought to you each Sunday on KWXX, B93, B97, and in a rebroadcast on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo each following Friday, and posted for anytime listening at kwxx.com. The Hawaii County Council is our legislative branch of government here in the county. At the beginning of the year, we had a discussion with Council Chair Aaron Chung and Council Vice Chair Karen Eoff about priorities. Today, we will talk with the two representatives who have been elected to represent what I have to say is the most beleaguered district on our island, the Puna District. They've had their share of natural disasters, including both an impending lava flow and tropical storm Izel in 2014. And of course, in the summer of 2018, much of lower Puna was run over with lava. Today, we'll talk with County Council members Ashley Kirkowitz and Matt Kanayali'i Kleinfelder. Ashley Lehualani Kirkowitz was born and raised in Hilo and started working really early at her dad's gas station and auto recycling facility. And even as a teen, she had a radio show. She graduated from St. Joseph's High School and got her bachelor's degree in political science at UH Hilo. While in college, she interned with the County Department of Environmental Management and with the office of U.S. Senator Daniel Akaka in Washington, D.C. For seven years before being elected, Ashley Kirkowitz worked in communication and outreach for Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. She's involved with several nonprofits, served as vice chair as a volunteer of the 2014 County Cost of Government Commission. During the summer 2018 lava flow, she worked with Ikaika Marzo at the Hub, helping local folks at a time when it was sorely needed. Aloha, Ashley. Aloha, Sherry. We're also joined by Matt Kanealii Kleinfelder, who was raised in California and attended Hawaii Community College in UH Chilo, where he got his associate in liberal arts. Prior to being elected to Hawaii County Council, he was a server, a bartender, an electrician, a solar installer, a glass blower, and a small restaurant owner. I think Liko Lehua Cafe, yes? Yes. Okay, good morning, Matt. Good morning, Sherry. Now, both of you made a decision to run for, and then you got elected to, the extremely challenging, and I think really one of the most difficult jobs to do, and that is Hawaii County Council, because it's really working 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the community. Matt, let's start with you. Why did you want to run for office? What did you really want to accomplish? I kept getting the, you should run, and different people in my life really pushing me to jump in, and I jumped in. I ran for office out of a need for what I saw as Puna needing better representation. I ran for office because my family pushed me to do it. I ran for office because I live in the district, I have children, and we're invested in the community. Now, Matt, you mentioned that you had a number of jobs before you became county council member. Are you still working at any outside jobs? My wife and I own Likulihua at Pauai, and I'm still a server, maintenance man, bartender, kind of do-it-all guy. I do work for ProVision Solar, but I unfortunately have been almost completely unable to get back to work with them, even though I miss it. I'm a very hands-on person. My boss misses me, and I miss them. I just have yet to find time in our part-time job to go back and work a few days a week. 
Curious, you said part-time job. The county council is a part-time job? I had not heard that. Yeah, it, it is considered a part-time job if you look up the description of what a county council person is. But as I've come to find, I would say this is more of a full-time overtime job, as you mentioned. <laughs> so, Ashley, what was your motivation to run? You had a really great job with Hastings and Pleadwell. Why did you run for county council? Well, Sherry, I'm born and raised here, and I was educated here, and so I'm a product of this system. And in my time away, I recognize that Hawaii is a very special place. And now that I am a mother of two children, I wanted to run because I wanted to make sure that my kids had the option to stay here. Living in Pune, I recognize that the district for a very long time has not gotten its fair share of resources and attention. It was lacking in effective leadership, and I wanted to make sure I brought that to the table. In addition, I campaigned on things like bringing community-driven grassroots spirit, small business-mindedness, working family perspective, and really Hawaii values to the table. That's what I wanted to make sure I brought to decision-making at local government. Are you still working at any of your previous outside jobs? I am not. I'm currently on a leave of absence from Hastings and Pleadwell. I think like Matt, we thought that being a council member would be a part-time gig, but it has really consumed our life and has really required us to be fully dedicated, you know, 24-7, 365 to our community. That leads me to lava flow recovery, because clearly that is a huge issue for the Pune District. And let's start with you, Ashley. What do you think needs to be done to help the Pune District really get on the road to recovery? Because although the county has been talking about plans, I don't think we've seen any concrete plans and we haven't seen the kind of funding applied to get some of the basic necessities back. What needs to be done? Ashley. I think first and foremost, we need roads. There are individuals that have homes and farms that are lava locked. And so first and foremost, we need to punch roads back in. They don't need to be fully paved, but let's grub and grade them because they have a place to go. Next, we need to make sure that we're taking care of our fishermen. And if the idea is to not create another boat ramp at Pohiki, where else in the Pune district? Because we need to make sure that our fishermen, our levaita of the area, are able to thrive again. We also need to find ways to energize the local economy. There is an effort that I'm putting together called Activate Pune, which is a very deliberate community revitalization and Pono placemaking project that will create enriching experiences around art, food, and music. Matt, what do you think needs to be done? And I just want to mention that if you look at the County Council website, you'll see the actual areas covered by both Ashley's district and Matt's district. They really overlap, and particularly in downtown Pahoa Village, one of you has sort of one side of the street and the other one has the other side of the street. Matt, what's your sense as to what really needs to be done to get things back moving in the Pune district? Lava recovery is, is a really big issue, and if you've seen some of the recent council meetings that we've had, they're online if you want to go and find them. They're very, um, there are some very strong discussions that we've had about where we are and where we're going. There are so many discussions and so many pieces of the equation. I think it's been hard to find a starting point. And Ashley touched on roads, and that is key. The road to recovery starts with roads, and that saying has been catching attention, and it really is. It really is a piece of how we start. I feel that we need to look at economic recovery, rebuilding and resettling all the individuals who still may not have homes, who are still out there. Not forgetting that District 5 and District 4 are separated, like you said, by a highway. When you're driving home, District 4 is on the left and District 5 is on the right. And another piece of this is 
The lava recovery economically has affected the entire island, really hit hard on the east side of the island, but continues to affect areas like Volcano. And my district being a corridor to Volcano has really felt some of this economic downturn. I think that's where we need to be focusing. There is so much involved. Although on the surface it seems like nothing is happening, there is a lot being done. Work is underway to provide access to the Kipuka off of 132. We've reopened the pool. The meetings that occurred in the beginning trying to figure out who was affected and how we could come back from that is beginning to produce results. Recently, as Ashley brought up, the boat ramp has begun to surface again and where we are. And it's really important for people to understand that the state is funding a feasibility study for the existing ramp. And based on the findings of that study, we can proceed down that path of either reusing the ramp or finding a new place for the ramp. And although that may be years, we are moving. I myself am trying to find patience, and I really have to thank Diane and Ron and Ali and our administration for the work they've done getting us to this point. And I need to learn how to use my spot in the council to start pushing for more for Puna. So when you say thanks to Diane and Ron, I'm assuming you're meaning Diane Lay with Research and Development and Ron Whitmore with Research and Development, and the third one was whom? Ali works for them. She's one of their recovery specialists. And yes, I was speaking to the the staff in R&D. They took a beating from us last week in our council meeting, and um, I apologize to them, but there's a huge need, and we as the council and the administration really need to come together, communicate, and do more, and do more now. Ashley, you both have spoken of roads, but clearly a lot of that is money, and some of the money is not forthcoming immediately from the county, but I know that there is some funding coming in, so maybe you could speak a little bit to that. I took it upon myself to look at all of the money that our county has received or is anticipating to receive from a number of resources and not counting the county's match for a couple of these items. This county is expected to receive a little over $148 million for lava recovery. $12 million was initially given by the governor for emergency response, and there is a little bit left over, which I believe has been earmarked for temporary emergency roads recovery and for renovations at the district park. There's another $10 million that has been given to the county by the governor that I have been pressing from the first day that I've been a council member for details on how that money will be spent to bring immediate positive impact to the Puna community. And in ongoing bi-weekly meetings with the recovery team, specifically Diane Lay and Ron Whitmore, I think we finally have a palatable plan that can be shared to the community. And speaking in generalities, things like housing land trust, infrastructure, a food and agricultural hub, community-based health services. These are the kinds of projects that I think they'll be able to get off the ground immediately. Initially, earlier on in my term, Bill 10 passed the council and that provided $24 million from FEMA for roads recovery, places like Poiki Road, Highway 137. Bill 29 passed and that was gonna provide $1.7 million for case management. And that's really critical. There were four databases that were created throughout the eruption, Real Property Tax, SBA, FEMA, and Neighborhood Place of Puna. All of them were created with various systems, and now it's someone's job to merge these multiple databases in which not all of the same questions were asked. But once we have that information, I think we'll be able to reach out 
back to these individuals and find out where they are and still provide a pathway for anybody that did not ask for assistance early on if they need help and how. Because I think in asking those questions of people that have been immediately impacted, that can help us direct where we want these monies to go. There is the $60 million that we will hopefully received from the state, and that was a bill that was introduced by Representative San Buenaventura. And my colleague, uh, Councilmember Leloy and I, have been on Oahu almost weekly for a couple of months to advocate for those funds. There's money for economic development plans, hazard mitigation studies, and that's really important because as we look at how climate change is affecting our island and our world, we need to make sure that we have plans in place to be able to adapt and to react to any sort of disaster that is headed our way. Um, there is money set aside for creating financial empowerment opportunities. I'm really excited about the work that the council was able to do with Bill 12. We amended that and that was a $170,000 donation from PGV as well as our sister city in Japan. We were able to identify projects that should be funded right now. Emergency roads recovery, getting emergency standby water at Pohoiki, interpretive signage at Pohoiki, and then feel good things for the kids. Easter egg hunts in Pahoa and Volcano because we recognize that their summers were taken away from them. And finally, next week, I'll be introducing Bill 46, which will create a placeholder for $40 million from federal highways, which will be earmarked for Highway 132 restoration. So a lot of funds are out there. And like I said, like Matt has explained earlier, we as a council are pushing for details as to how this money will be spent. And we want to make sure that all of the decisions we are making are in partnership and coordination with the community. You talk about roads in Pohoiki, and as you mentioned, there are little pukas of people who have homes intact, they're lava locked. I know one of the complaints has been that the county does not wish to build the roads yet. I know there's a group of homeowners up Pohoiki Road who are getting permission from landowners whose land is lava covered to get a right of way to get over that to get to their home. Are those kinds of efforts something that either of you through your contingency funds or some other means can help fund? Because clearly it's going to be a lot of money and these folks are already paying in many cases rent to live in a place, which they have been since, oh my gosh, May. Is that something they're going to be able to get some financial help with if the county is not willing to officially build, as you say, even a grubbing and grading kind of road? You know, that was the intention with Bill 12 Exhibit A, that $50,000 that we earmarked. It was to serve that sort of purpose. And in communications that I've had with an individual, Larry Morris, who lives in the Pohoiki Kipuka, I let him know that I would be happy to set aside a couple thousand of my contingency funds in order to help get road access back home. The only caveat is, is that money would have to go to a nonprofit entity, but I'm sure an entity would step up to help Kokua in that way. And a brief interruption to remind you, you're listening to Island Conversations, and I'm Sherry Bracken. Today we're talking with Hawaii County Council members Matt Kanayali, Kleinfelder, and Ashley Kirkowitz, who represent the Puna District. Next week, we'll be talking with Hawaiian Volcano Observatory scientist in charge, Tina Neal, to get an update on all things volcano here on our island. Listen to this and previous Island Conversations online at kwxx.com. Let's get back to our conversation with our Puna County Council members.
given the lava flow, the business is so down in Pahoa Village, and they're really looking for ways to recover things that they wanted before but now are really critical. One is sidewalks in Pahoa Village. Is that something on the radar that either one of you are thinking about? My understanding after having spoken with Neil Azevedo Highways with Public Works, he assured me that work on post office road widening would be commencing in about mid-April and that they would work on sidewalks throughout Pahoa starting in June. So progress is happening right now. He and his crew are in Hawaiian beaches doing a lot of uh, paving and they're working incredibly hard and so I know that this is a real positive for our community. Another question that I've gotten that really has been an issue, I would have to say, for years, and that is the issue of a wastewater treatment plant in the Pahoa area, Pahoa Village and surrounding. In 2014, a feasibility study was about to commence, and then we had a lava flow. In 2018, that study was going to recommence. Then we had another lava eruption. The pause button has been hit on that study a couple of times, And my understanding is that as part of the Pahoa Village Master Plan, it will take a look at feasibility of a wastewater treatment facility as part of the entire recovery planning process. So that is anticipated to happen this year. So let's go to a more general topic. You are part of the county council that is about to do budget reviews, which are going to begin in April. And I know the budget for the county is super complicated. And I also know that about 63% of the budget is tied up with salaries and benefits. But that means there's a lot of county budget that is still at the discretion of you and the mayor. The Hawaii Island Chamber of Commerce, last year, as a matter of fact, they did an op-ed that talked about how it could be really desirable at this point, given the rising county budget, to step back, take a look, see what kind of county functions are being performed, like any business does on a regular basis, and see how the county might streamline its operations. Because a lot of people in the county right now are thinking that we just cannot sustain a continually rising county budget. The bulk of it is provided by property owners through property taxes. There are other sources of revenue, but What is your thinking about how to approach the county budget this year? Matt, do you want to comment? Our budget is an interesting thing, and I'm new and I'm learning. Coming from a small business point of view, my sense of how to balance a budget is a little skewed as the methods that work for one don't necessarily work for the other. I can say that I feel a need to dig in and make changes, not rashly and not to prove a point, but rather to say, We did increase our GE rates. We increased our sewer rates. We have a few other revenue sources. Like you said, we're very dependent on real property tax to balance our budget. But that doesn't mean we can't slim down while continuing to provide an excellent level of service to our community. I had this thought this weekend as I looked things over, and I I realized we may have increased our revenue stream just in the past month. I would like to see us end this year with a surplus by going back and looking at our budget and making sure that we're doing everything we can to slim down and to cut where we can and amazingly turn this last year and this upcoming year around and say, hey, look, we finished this year with the surplus and we did a good job. I would like this people of Hawaii to see that we are working for them and our goal is not to just spend but to actually spend very smartly and make some really good decisions and cut where we can and yet give people the level of service that they're wanting and they deserve. 
Ashley, let's get your thoughts on this. You know, I had actually asked the mayor, I guess a year ago when the county budget was up, whether it was a good opportunity, a good time to maybe step back and take a look at the functions, make sure the functions we're doing are the right functions. Where are you on how to approach the budget? Like Matt, I come from a background of small business and I am very much for fiscal responsibility. So I had put forth a communication calling for the creation of a budget ad hoc committee recognizing that a number of taxes have been increased last year and what's come before the present council sewer fee increases get increase it behooves us to really take a step back and say where are we going with our budget where do we want to go as a county and so some of the things that i want to be taking a look at as part of the budget ad hoc review are really looking at our priority of services. Are we as a county delivering services that are focused on our mission? Can we take a look at existing positions and ensure that these are the positions that we need to really create efficient county government? On top of that, are there additional positions that could be created specifically around statisticians and grant writers that would allow us to capture data which would then allow us to go after state and federal monies that would really help to support the work that we do here on island. I'd like to take a closer look at our debt policy and see if we can leverage that a bit more to fund short-term projects. One thing that we as a council don't receive are the supplemental requests that department heads submit to the mayor, which I thought was very interesting. And so I've taken it upon myself to reach out to every single department director to meet with them to ask for a copy of their supplementals because I'm not okay with just going by the status quo budget. I need to know what they need in order to thrive and to hear from them what can be done to cut back in areas in order to create a better space and opportunity to support these supplemental requests. Are there ways that we can produce cost-saving measures? I'd like to explore that. I also want to take a look at what our assets and liabilities are as a county. Are there ways that we can leverage our assets? Case in point, we have county buses. What if we sold advertisement on those buses? That is an interesting way to start leveraging one of our assets. I'd like a more thorough review of our annual CIP, the Capital Improvement Projects Budget, and find ways to get more council member and community involvement in setting the priorities and projects for that. I also want to create a vision for strategic investments that aligns with our general plan and our CDP and create incentives around that. And finally, a thorough review of Article 10 of our charter, the financial procedures, knowing that the Charter Commission is currently reviewing the charter. I think it's in our interest to review these procedures and put forth recommendations that would create efficiencies and better county government. I'd like to switch topics and ask a garbage question, and I think I've got the perfect <laughs> audience. Yeah, Matt's laughing, but you are the vice chair of the Council Committee on Environmental Management, yep. and Ashley, you worked as an intern in the Department of Environmental Management. Clearly, we have a lot of garbage problems, and I have recently done an interview with Bill Kucharski, head of Department of Environmental Management, and George Hidesco, who is the county recycling coordinator. I think they're both really pretty good at their jobs, but one thing that is true is it is becoming more difficult to recycle because countries are just not taking the recycling like they used to. In fact, I just as I was driving here, heard a story on National Public Radio about that. H-Power plant on Oahu has oftentimes, 
it's been reported in the Star Advertiser, not had enough garbage to produce power. And I asked Mr. Kucharski if we, Hawaii County, were at least talking with H-Power to see if they perhaps needed more garbage, which we might have. And I just like your comments as to whether this is something that you might wish to explore. Matt, you're the vice chair of that committee. What do you think? I'm always hesitant to take garbage and ship it across an ocean to Oahu. That just, it doesn't feel common sense good to me. I feel as a county, we need to be very proactive in getting better at how we deal with trash on our island. We're about to close our Hilo landfill for good and start shipping our garbage to the other side of the island. And it just doesn't make sense to me. We keep bringing things in. We keep talking about sustainability. We're passing a styrofoam ban that only bans styrofoams in restaurants, but not for the general public. The world is looking at ways to reduce use, reduce single-use plastics. And we live on an island and we continue to use and not really deal with the root of the problem. We're talking about garbage. You're talking about, well, let's take our excess garbage and we'll ship it to Oahu. Why not go to the root of the problem and say, let's find ways to stop making so much trash and let's get better at how we deal with the problem. It's just like anything. Do you give a medication to solve your surface issue? Or do you dive into the patient and really look at what was the beginning of the problem? And sustainability, we talk about agriculture, sustainability, it's the same committee. And we have a hard time making our own food. We make 17% of the food that we consume on this island. We need to get better there and we can start making less garbage. We need to get way better recycling and finding uses for the rubbish that we have. I, I've been to Japan. Japan is one of the most amazing places when it comes to how they separate their trash and recycle and use it to make energy and use it for other purposes. Something recent I just saw was someone taking plastic bottles and creating diesel and fuel out of it. There's amazing people out there with amazing ideas. We live on an island and we need to be way more proactive and being better. That's where I'm going to go with it. Not find uses for our garbage. Let's just make less. That's, that's what I'm going to go to. Well, so how do you get us to make less? Give me the first thing you're going to do to make that happen. You know, Sherry, that's a great question. You did kind of put me on the spot there. How do I make that happen? It's going to be human-based changes that we need to make. Changes that we may or may not be willing to do, or we may think that are hard. But for people like Ashley and I, and anyone who has kids, what we're about to hand our kids is a giant landfill with a leaking liner and potential groundwater problems and oceans that we're continually filling with whatever we decide to put in them. And if we don't get better and we don't get smarter, we're handing our kids a mess. I may not have the solution right now for you, but we need to come up with one. And to put it all in one person, I think, is hard. To put it on all of us is what it's going to take. Ashley, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, you know, Matt hit the nail on its head. I think that we as a society just need to take a better look at how we are consuming products where possible. I mean, if we can just refuse a plastic bottle and go with a hydro flask, that helps. I think that there is an onus on corporations to be really mindful about this sort of disposable society that we've created. I know that there are pilot projects that are happening in places like New York City and San Francisco 
with companies like Haagen-Dazs, for instance. You buy an ice cream container and it is in a recyclable bin that is picked up from your home, sanitized, and new product is put in there. So I think that we just have to be more innovative about how we are consuming products and also being mindful of the fact that we have limited resources here in Hawaii in particular. I mean, this is an island. Our trash goes somewhere and right now it's going to a landfill. And like Matt, I have kids and I don't want to have them have to inherit this problem. And so everything that we can do to get a handle on our waste and create policies where possible to incentivize a zero waste society where possible. I mean, I'm absolutely advocating for that. Matt Connelly E. Kleinfelder, in closing, what would you like to say? From the beginning, what I heard again and again was we need safety, we need security, we want to be comfortable when we go home, we want to know our belongings are there when we go home, and I heard that loud and clear. I passed a resolution which was basically an urge for the administration to give us more police officers. A few days ago, Fern Acres had their second murder victim, and that's two in a few months. Asking for more officers is not anything unusual, but it's needed. But I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. I think this is just a start. What I feel needs to happen is our communities need to get more organized and a little bit more aggressive in their ability and their want to fight disturbances in each respective subdivision or neighborhood, whether you want to call our neighborhood Puna, whether you want to call it District 4 or 5 or just Fern Acres or Hawaiian Paradise Park, it doesn't matter. The old saying that it takes a village rings loudly for me. I think there was an old way that used to happen that handled issues in a community and that has been lost along the way somewhere. And I really think it's time for us to bring some of those core values back, get a little bit more common sense about how we handle problems and make our communities what we want them to be. That's really what I'm gonna be pushing for. Well, you know, you reminded me, I didn't even ask that key question, which I intend to do, which is about crime. So police officers are one solution. You've addressed the community involvement because clearly that's very important. So thank you so much for bringing that up. Is there anything else on that topic you want to add, Matt? I really need to thank the administration. I did reach out to the administration and the police chief before going down the path of a resolution. I understand the resolution is an urge and I wanted their help. And I was just really speaking on behalf of our community. It's what they're asking for. I'm happy that it got a lot of value from the community. I'm really interested to see if it comes to anything, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that our proposed budget, and I, and I say clearly the word propose because that's exactly what it is, but I want to make sure that proposed budget does take into account the needs of police in Puna, but also just Puna in general. The budget needs to take care of the people in Puna. We need the help. We need to rebuild. Ashley and I are doing everything that we can to make that rebuild quick and positive and really get what needs to come back to that community coming back now. Thank you so much, Matt Kanayali'i Kleinfelder. Aloha. Thank you, Sherry. Appreciate your time. And Ashley, since I did forget to ask about crime and police, is there anything you'd like to add on that score? You know, I have to commend my colleague, Matt, for introducing the resolution. I mean, it it was brilliant. Thank you for creating that space for us to talk about that. Puna is growing. We need more officers, resources, and support. And I think having that additional funding, it creates opportunities to identify further efficiencies internally within the department. Our officers are incredibly resourceful, and I have to commend them for that. But I want to make sure that we are setting them up for success. We can't arrest our way out of the problem. 
Incarceration is incredibly expensive, and it's really not a solution in and of itself. Many individuals that are arrested and incarcerated, they end up going back into society. We need to prepare them for successful reentry. We can't keep throwing our money at this revolving door of recidivism. Some offenders, they need to be removed from society entirely, but there's a large segment that could be incredibly productive if we afforded them specific resources that they need to get their lives back on track. Workforce development training, substance abuse rehabilitation, mental health services. There are a suite of services that are available in the community that I think we as government can help to convene to really provide these individuals the support that they need to successfully reintegrate back into society. Ashley Kirkowitz, what would you like to say in closing? There are a couple of things that I am working on because I recognize that although Puna recovery because of the lava flow is at the forefront of my work. There are the needs of the rest of the district that I, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of. And so a couple of things that I will be putting forth in terms of legislation after the budget session has to do with addressing the squatters issue and then finding creative ways to bring public dollars into private subdivisions. I think that there is some real creative, innovative thinking happening, and I'm working in partnership with the respective agencies to sort through that because bottom line is we need to make sure that we are, as county government, making every effort to take care of our residents. Ashley Kirkowitz, thank you so much for being with us. Aloha. Thank you, Sherry. And to our listeners, thank you so much for being with us for this island conversation with Hawaii County Council members Matt Kanayali'i Kleinfelder and Ashley Kirkowitz, who represent the Puna District. I'm Sherry Bracken. Listen to this and previous island conversations online at kwxx.com. I'll see you next week on KWXX, B93, B97, and KPUA 670 AM in Hilo. Until then, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahui ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us again next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, brought to you by New West Broadcasting.